In Lingua Podcast Live from Dessau is broadcast from Middle Deutschland and features all things languages. The show is hosted by our teachers, presenting students and guests from all walks of language learning experiences. Today we welcome into our studio Florian Auk. He's the project lead of a program at Hochschule Anhalt called Kickstart Carrera. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Florian, thank you so much for coming in. Today we're going to talk about what you do. But most importantly, let's talk about where you came from. Okay. And how you got here. Well, that's a pretty long story, but I'll try to make it short. Um, well, I grew up in a small village um, in Saxony-Anhalt. It's called Alstedt, okay. which is um, close to Sangerhausen. I don't know if you know the city. It's, it's not very... Um, very what? popular or, or very um, what big well city? Known. What big city is the it near? The closest would be Halle. So okay, it's about fifty kilometers from Halle. Mm -hmm. Which direction? Um, it's between um, Eisleben and Nordhausen. Okay, is yeah. that north, south, east, or west? Um, I think it's west from Halle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That that now. So it's I close to the border with um, Thuringia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So pretty. Uh, small place in the middle of nowhere mm -hmm. but um, yeah well I grew up there um, went to high school in Sangerhausen as well mm -hmm. and the first time I came in contact with the English language was during a student exchange actually um, in my 10th grade when I was 16 okay um, we had an exchange program with a British um, boarding school mm -hmm. and it was really like you always imagine this like from the movies, like this fancy uh, boarding school with different houses and people having to wear uniforms to class. And I actually went there for, um, I think it was three weeks. Mm -hmm. we, we, we went there with um, some people from our school and actually took part in the, um, in the lessons there. And we stayed on campus in these dormitories and that was, the first time I got really exposed to speaking English. Okay, so was it a boarding school? Yeah, it was okay. a boarding school for, you know, the British upper class. Interesting. <laughs> so that was your first experience abroad in the tenth grade. Yes. And you went to you went to classes with the students. That's correct. What kind of classes were they taking? Well, um, like the regular classes: mm -hmm. mathematics, physics, English. Um, and some interesting classes that we don't have here in Germany, like uh, drama. Okay. That was a totally new experience to me that this is even part of um, you know curriculum at a, at a school. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. Yeah, but that was my real uh, my first real experience with the language because uh, before that I only spoke ling um, English at school. Okay. And let's say that the English classes here at German schools don't really prepare you for um, speaking that much. <laughs> because what you actually do is like for the first uh, five years you learn grammar and grammar and grammar mm -hmm. 
and then like starting from 10th grade you do like poem interpretations and doing reading so you never actually learn to speak very well okay so that was that's why this this whole experience in the uk was um important to me because you have to force yourself to speak the language right and that's in my opinion the best way to learn a language is to leave your comfort zone well after that experience did you think about maybe participating in a longer exchange like a year abroad exchange at like a u.s high school or back in the uk um that was an idea but um you know i come from a normal family with normal uh, financial possibilities so it wasn't really an option to do a whole year abroad mm -hmm. but i always thought about maybe studying something with english so okay. um after i finished my um high school um i had to make a decision what what to do now and i started studying business administration mm -hmm but in an English-speaking program. Okay. So it was international business here at the Hochschule Anhalt, actually. Okay, so you studied here. Yes, okay. I'm a homegrown plant, you could say. Okay. <laughs> so for your undergraduate, you came to Dessau? Um, I studied in Bamberg because Anhalt ah, University right, um, has um, three different locations, right. three different campuses, mm -hmm. and the campus in Bamberg is, Bamberg is actually for um, economics and um, agriculture. Mm -hmm. So I was uh, located in Bamberg. Okay. And, oh, sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> sorry for interrupting. So, yeah, let's talk about those three campuses real quick. So Bamberg is devoted towards agriculture and economics. Yes. Curtin? Curtin is for the engineering department, so everything related to mechanical engineering, um, electrical engineering, um, and um, computer sciences. Mm -hmm. And Dessau is actually the creative campus, you could say, because that's where the architects, designers um, are located and have their, you know, iconic uh, Bauhaus uh, movement. So... I learned from the last podcast interviewee that this, the Bauhaus here, it closed in 1933. Did it re, oh, when, how does it become part of the Hochschule Anhalt? And you may not know this. When does, because it's no longer the Bauhaus, yeah. it's not a Bauhaus university, but now it's a part of the Hochschule Anhalt university system. That's true. I mean, that's actually right. I'm, I'm not fam too familiar with the detailed history of the mm -hmm. Bauhaus. But, that's okay. Um, before um, the reunification of Germany, mm -hmm. these three different locations were separated, um, separate um, engineering schools. And so after Germany was re reunified, they mm -hmm. actually merged these three into one university. Okay. So... Um, Bamberg was an independent university for agriculture. Mm -hmm. Curtin was um, what they called the um, Technische Hochschule okay. yeah, for uh, engineering. And Dessau was uh, the architectural and creative place. And so they decided to merge these three into um, one university. Mm -hmm. So what is Hochschule? What does it mean? How does, does that translate into English as something? Um, the closest translation would probably be University of Applied Sciences. Okay. Because um, the main difference is that um, the the application in the field is uh, or is more focused than rather pure research. 
that you do at um, like regular or full universities? Like a research institute. Yeah. Okay. Um, and up until recently, it was the rule that only full universities are allowed to issue um, PhDs. Uh -huh. But this year, actually, this law has changed in uh, Saxony-Anhalt, and mm -hmm. now um, Hochschule-Anhalt can also, um, in certain departments, um, or has the right to, to um, issue PhDs. So yeah. that's a pretty good move uh, yeah, from Dude, the uh, that's ministry. Fan that's fantastic. Okay, so you you went to the Bamberg campus. Yes, you studied for four years. Um, for three, three years. years. Okay, because my program <coughs> was a double degree program, and now okay. the interesting part: um, the fourth year, so semester five and six, were um, abroad in South Africa. Okay. So that was actually one of the main reasons I decided for this program was the the double degree that you. Uh, we're supposed to get at the end. Okay, so you knew that you were going to go to South Africa when you signed up for the program. Yes. Fantastic. So you had this motivation to yeah, experience. Exactly. I mean, th this has always been the plan that I wanted to, you know, somehow get out of uh, regular Germany, you know, the boring uh, place in the middle of nowhere and see the world. That was, you know, my plan. And we had the options to uh, the option to choose from different partner universities where we would want to go, mm -hmm. like uh, Poland, France, um, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa, for example. And I said, okay, if I uh, go to Australia, that's like what eighty-five percent of all students do. Yeah, it's either the U.S. or Australia. Mm -hmm. Too too ordinary. Okay. Um, and then I didn't really see the point in going to a university in Europe because the cultures are just too similar. There, there's no, not really a new experience uh, except for the language maybe uh, to go to France or Spain. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, I want to do the most exotic option possible. And then I decided for uh, Cape Town. So, okay, I was going to ask you, so you were in Cape Town. Yes, that was the uh, location of the university. Although, of course, uh, we traveled a lot during okay. semester breaks. Okay. So what kind of courses did you take in South Africa? Um, that's actually interesting because the education system there is a little different. Mm -hmm. um, you first do a three-year bachelor's degree and then a one-year, uh, what they call a BTEC degree. It's like an in-between step between um, a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. Mm -hmm. And so because we were already um, very far ahead in, in our programs in Germany, almost done, uh, they placed us in, in the BTEC class. So okay. we, and I um, decided for the marketing program there. Okay. So we, we had the choice between um, general management and marketing. Okay. So uh, I went with the uh, BTEC marketing. So is it this sort of the same kind of a s like two semester setup? Yeah, it's uh, two semesters. And how many courses did you take each semester? Oh, well, that's a good question. Maybe like um, four, four courses. I think four or five per semester. Okay. Yeah. Did you make good grades? Yeah, it was actually not bad. Um, and the interesting part was that we actually had the um, opportunity to write our bachelor thesis there as well. Perfect. So and. The difference between Germany is that here, uh, there, we did this in a collaborative way. So we were four people writing the same bachelor thesis. Okay. Um, 
because the idea of the program was that at the end we had to come up with um, a marketing plan for a local business in Cape Town. Mm -hmm. That was our bachelor thesis. And we were four in the team. And then at the end of the year, we had to present our bachelor thesis in a kind of conference there. So you picked a business, a real business. Yes. Okay. Um, it was um, a hair salon uh, in Cape Town called Jabula Hair. What is that? Um, they do braids for for women. Okay. And they actually, uh, we contacted the owner and he was actually quite fond of the university as well because he went there himself. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we got along very well. So um, he actually let us in on his plans to expand the business to mm -hmm. different locations. And okay. that's where we, uh, you know, did the market analysis. For, okay. Yeah. So free consultation. Yeah, basically. How did it work out in the end? Um, I don't know if the plans are actually, or if the plans have ever, uh, you know, made. Been implemented? Made uh, been okay. implemented, right. yes. Uh, because at the end of the week, we had to leave, leave obviously. Mm -hmm. But the, the owner was actually quite, um, you know, quite interested in, in the things that we suggested. Okay. Okay, student body-wise? How many students went with you? Uh, from my university, we were only two people. Okay. Um, and from and we had to. St well, the idea was that we could stay at the dormitory there uh -huh. um, for free because uh -huh. we we're part of the exchange program, mm -hmm. and we were three guys in a room. Okay. And that was also totally new to me because. Uh, you know, here when I was a student in Germany, I had my own apartment and I wasn't really used to living in a dorm. What's well, a vague, right? Sort of. Yeah, kind of. But it was probably a little bigger than this room with only like three <laughs> uh, paper walls in between each bed. So okay. um, <laughs> quite a different uh, experience than having your own apartment. And for the listeners, this room that we're in right now is at least 50 square meters. <laughs> Just kidding. How, how many square meters are we in? I don't know. Ten? Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were two German guys and uh, one South African uh, guy. Okay. Yeah. Well, how did you enjoy... Okay, so the university experience was good. How did, you, how did you enjoy that year abroad, like living in a different culture? That was probably one of the m most important decisions that I ever made in my life because it definitely... Um, opened up my, um, you know, view of the world. Okay. How so? Um, first of all, it made me more um, self-determined because um, at, in the beginning I was really, you know, not really scared, but it was difficult for me to speak English because I wasn't really used to speaking a lot of English with native speakers. Mm -hmm. And the, I say the, the first month or so was really hard for me because I used to do this one thing in my head, um, which is the, the totally wrong way to speak language, is to first think what the sentence means in German and mm -hmm. then trying to translate the, the sentence to English. Right. And then it takes too much time in an actual conversation before you can answer properly. Mm -hmm. And that's, but that went away over time. Okay. So uh, language-wise, it was really... The best thing I could have done is to, you know, um, go abroad and spend some time a year abroad. Mm -hmm. But culture-wise, I mean, 
in South Africa, it's um, a little difficult because there are many different cultures that mm-hmm. um, live close together, but they have their real distinctions um, because of the uh, apartheid history, of sure. course. Um, so it was much easier um, for us uh, as international students to uh, you know, make friends in the different uh, cultures than the uh, cultures... Um, with each other. Right. Because, you know, we were the Europeans. Okay, so you had a really positive experience. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Do you still keep in touch with some of the students from South Africa? I mean, it's been seven years now, mm-hmm. or eight years uh, so, um, since I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep in touch over, like, social media, sure. uh, like Instagram and stuff, mm-hmm. but... Um, uh, I haven't been there again, so I always thought about going back there, but then, you know, I got my master's degree, and then I started working, and, right. but it's definitely on the bucket list to, yeah, go, to go back. Yeah, of course. So you come back, okay, so you finish the project, mm-hmm. uh, you write your bachelor's thesis mm-hmm. with your students, yeah. your, your, your colleagues, uh, you come back to Germany, do you graduate? Yes. Okay. Um... I came back in December and graduated in, um, I think it was in May. Okay. Because I still had to uh, repeat two courses that I didn't finish before I left. Mm -hmm. And then I graduated. Okay. And then the idea was, okay, do you start working now or um, do you continue your education? Mm -hmm. And luckily, it's easy to do this in Germany without, you know, accumulating too much debt. So um, I decided to go for the um, MBA International Trade, okay. which is also offered here um, in, at Anhalt University. Okay. And this is um, a master's program that's entirely in English. How many, okay, how many undergraduate programs are available in, at the university, oh, undergraduate? Or we can talk about. Um, I can't give you an exact number, but okay. I think it's probably around forty or so. Okay. Yeah. So the list that you brought here today, these are the the master's, master's programs. Okay. Because yes. I, I I thought that maybe only the English speaking programs are interesting to the listeners. Okay. Because um, we don't have any a hundred percent English undergrad programs. Mm-hmm. All of the bachelors are uh, in Eng- in German. Mm-hmm. With the only exception being like the international business that has some parts in English. Okay. But uh, we have a lot of different um, English-speaking master programs. Okay. Can you tell us what they are? Um, Sure. So there are different uh, programs available in different departments, of course. In the economics department, we have the MBA international trade that I did. Mm -hmm. Um, in the engineering um, department, for example, we have photovoltaic engineering, um, biomedical engineering, and then recently opened the molecular biotechnology um, masters. Then also popular is um, the location in Dessa, of course, mm-hmm. with um, the archi- the international architecture, mm-hmm. um, design and design research. Mm-hmm. Integrated design. Ah, yeah, and uh, one specific uh, course in architecture that um, deals with cultural heritage. Okay. So Denkmalpflege in in German, and it's a a very popular course as well. 
Okay. So, um, Anhalt University is a very um, international university and probably one of the most international universities in, in Germany, actually, because uh, about one third of all students are from abroad. Okay. So, that's a pretty high percentage in comparison to, to other universities and uh, universities of applied sciences. Okay. Let's come back to that because that's, that's a good topic to talk about, where the students are coming from. You started your master's in international business. You finished in two years. Uh, the, the master's was in international trade. In international trade. Yes. Okay. Did you enjoy that program? Oh, yes, um, because that was the first time I actually also um, worked in Germany with people from abroad. Okay. So we were a pretty diverse group. We had people from Pakistan, India, from China, Vietnam. So that was actually a, a very diverse group. And the two years, you know, they went by in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, uh, what was your master's thesis about? Oh, that's uh, also an interesting topic. I thought, okay, I'm studying in an international program, but why not combine an international uh, perspective with a local perspective? Mm -hmm. So what I actually did was some uh, empirical research on the influence that Anhalt University students have on the local economy. Interesting. So um, regional economic development, basically. Okay. What did you find out? That the problem is that a lot of students come here, they study here, and then they leave. Okay. And that's actually where my so program, actually, that I work for now, tries to counteract the, these, um, these, uh, this impact. Okay. So that's another thing I need. I want to come back to that, too, like the reasons why. Okay, so you finished there. You've got a great, sounds like your thesis was right on the money. Yeah, well, it was, it was a one point something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then you start working for the university? Yes. Okay, as the project coordinator, project director of the international... As a um, project manager, the, the, I mean, the project coordinator is still somebody else. Okay. But the professor asked me to join the program and, and work for the university, so... I help students with all the kind of administrative stuff. Um, I prepared lectures. I actually um, held lectures myself mm -hmm. in things like um, international accounting, corporate finance, uh, marketing. So that was my first teaching experience. Is that exciting? Oh, yes, it is. Um, because it's a totally different perspective if uh, in compared to when you're sitting in a classroom and standing in front of uh, and having having to talk for like 90 minutes. Okay. <laughs> Were like when you when you first got the opportunity to teach, are you over preparing with overheads like oh, yeah. you know with with handouts with using the all the 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 technology that's available in the classroom? Um, are you making sure that there's, you know, questions are asked? I mean, I, uh, what does it feel like the first time? I mean, it, it also depends on the audience uh, from uh, which country people are from. Okay. Because different uh, cultural backgrounds have different ways of uh, teaching. Okay. I definitely noticed um, because if I um, taught Chinese students, for example, 
they they are used to a different system of uh, the, the teacher just standing there in, in front um, talking for 90 minutes and they always have to agree with everything that you say okay but uh, motivate them to challenge me uh -huh. you know and ask questions mm. and get into the discussions and that gave them a whole new perspective of, of teaching a subject is mm -hmm. this interaction interesting What about the Pakistani students? Because we have a Pakistani teacher here. How are the Pakistani students in your class? Um, they were uh, motivated. <laughs> What are you getting at? Uh, this, is a, this is an inside joke for Ali. Like, okay. Do you know Ali? Um, no. Muhammad Ali? He graduated from uh, one of the programs here in, in, on the Bauhaus campus oh, okay. in architecture. I can't remember which one. He'll kill me for that. But um, he's a very jovial, one of the one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. Always positive, always happy, always like helpful. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's good, Ali. You might that might stay in. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Um, okay, so that that's a big deal. Like teaching, mm -hmm. you know, on the campus, like coordinating, managing the project. Yeah. Um, helping the international students in, in, in a variety of ways. What kind of students, uh, why do they come here? The international students. Well, first of all, because Germany has a very uh, good reputation worldwide mm -hmm. for its um, you know, high standard of um, education, obviously. Okay. And then one big mo motivator is, of course, financial reasons. Because uh, when you come here to study, I mean, not all of the programs are uh, completely free. Some mm -hmm. of them charge um, a semester contribution, mm -hmm. but it's nothing compared to like the US or the UK where you pay, I don't know, $100,000 for a master's degree. So um, you get the, the practical application at Anhalt University, you get the German degree and you either pay no tuition or very little tuition. And that's um, a big advantage. Plus, at the end, you get a German degree. Mm -hmm. And that German degree gives you the right for a job-seeking visa. Okay. So by obtaining this degree, you automatically have the right to stay in Germany after your graduation for 18 months mm -hmm. to find a job in your area of expertise. Okay. I saw in the paper the other day so 2100 international students just arrived two weeks ago yeah that's correct okay what are you doing how are you working with those students right now well in the, at the moment it's we're still you know in this pandemic situation mm -hmm. where we try to um, provide all lectures in presence but where it's not possible um, there some programs offer um, you know hybrid uh, forms of teaching okay for those uh, international students that um, couldn't get into Germany because they're either not uh, you know they can't leave yet because they haven't received an appointment due to this situation in the country or they're coming from a high-risk area and having having to quarantine when they arrive okay so there are various different reasons but we're trying to um, you know, help them as much as possible. And once they they are here, they um, they have the opportunity to get vaccinated here. Okay. So, so, do you provide? Do you help them find housing? 
Um, not in all of the cases. Mm -hmm. I mean, some students choose to um, look for their housing themselves. Mm -hmm. um, but if you start early enough, then there's also, for most students, the possibility to get um, an apartment in the, in the uh, dormitories. Okay. Yeah. So there is a student dormitory. Yes, in all three uh, campus locations. Mm -hmm. This is uh, managed by the uh, Studentenwerkhalle. Okay. And they provide housing very affordable at very affordable prices. Okay, that's good. But there's a, a big waiting list, of course. Mm -hmm. So the earlier you start, uh, the better. Do you find a lot of students have already, because housing is one of the most important things. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of those students, I'm sure in the literature that you send out when they've been accepted to the university, there's some sort of information on like apartment searching or oh, something yes. like um, this. Do you find a lot of students already have that secure before they arrive? It depends from case to case. A okay. lot of them uh, try to find um, uh, find uh, housing before they come to Germany. Mm -hmm. A lot of them um, come here and then start looking. I can't really definitively say what's the, the better approach. Okay. So they arrive. There's some sort of orientation for the international yes. students. Um, what comes next? Language courses, if they want them? Um, that depends on whether you're studying in a German-speaking program or an English-speaking program. Let's assume they're mostly studying in an English-speaking program. Then in some um, courses, there is um, as there's a regular German course as part of the curriculum. Not mm -hmm. in all of them, but like once or twice they have German for architects, for example. Okay. Um, but that's pr in most cases not enough to, to learn the language over the course of one or two semesters. Mm -hmm. um, that's actually one of the things that we do at uh, Kickstart Karriere, mm -hmm. that once a year we offer this, uh, what we call an intensive language course, where we select those students with the potential of um, you know, finding a job here in Germany and staying long term, mm -hmm. and we offer them um, a language course that takes them from A2 to a B, a good B2 level over the course of two semesters. Okay. So we do this in the semester breaks, and there they have like six or eight weeks of German every day, like from nine to four in the afternoon. Okay. With like a real intensive course. How do you identify those students? Uh, well, we usually once a semester uh, send out, um, you know, an advertisement mm -hmm. yeah, uh, please get back to us if you're interested in the language course and then we we do um interviews okay yeah we we talk to them what is their motivation are they looking to stay here in saxony anhalt what is their pre-existing language level because mm -hmm. that's also important um the, the course is too intense to start from scratch so um, you need to have at least a little of like let's say a2 level uh, in order to to reach the goal at the end. So out of those 2,100 students that just arrived, how many of those students? 25 per, per course. I mean, it's... Or like, how many speak German? The, the ones that just came. Like, oh. how many have any type of, like, German language skills? Oh, that's, that's difficult to, to, to put a number on. Okay. Um, a lot of them already have uh, have had uh, German classes in their home countries. Okay. Because they know their their goal is not to go back to their own country after they finish. They mm -hmm. want to stay in Germany. Okay. So they come with a A2, B1. But the the only 
problem is that the English programs are very international, mm -hmm. especially here in Dessau, but they never leave their international bubble. So they never really get in contact with a lot of Germans in their everyday life because they can always rely on speaking English. Right. And that's uh, not the best way to, to, you know, get exposure to a language and, and learn it because you have to leave your comfort zone and, and force yourself to speak it. Okay. So how do you, like, how does, how does the project encourage that? Um, so Kickshot Karriere is basically the career service at, for international students at our university. Right. And what we try to do is help students, um, you know, move from university life to working life. Mm -hmm. And um, our main goal is to obviously keep them here in Saxony-Anhalt. Yeah? I mean, we also help students with uh, finding a job somewhere else in Germany, but our main goal is to help the regional econ economy with new and, and young talents. Mm -hmm. So what we do in order to help students is that we start uh, pretty early on, you know, during maybe the third or fourth semester, um, when they first have to, in some programs, do an internship. Mm -hmm. So we help them prepare their application documents for the internship. Um, we um, look for companies that are interested in, in interns in that specific area and connect the students with the companies. Okay. So do you think like students that are coming for their undergraduate, they have more of an opportunity to, to learn German while here because the program is longer? Yes, definitely. That's, okay. And that's my advice to, to all international students. Um, start learning German the Oof. minute you come here. <laughs> uh, don't don't uh, put it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. So if you're encouraging the students themselves to learn German, are you also encouraging the business opportunities, the companies, the people that you're meeting with to hire the international students? Yes, exactly. That's the, the whole idea behind it is to open up um, both sides of the coin, you know. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, because here in Saxony, it's not very common for companies to speak English or um, have a lot of, uh, you know, English-speaking corporate culture. Mm -hmm. So we, in the beginning of the program, we went to a lot of uh, famous uh, local businesses and, and talked to them, introduced the program and tried to... Um, Can you give us some names? Is that allowed? Um, <laughs> like businesses? I mean, we... Um, Placed people in, for example, here in Dessau, in an architectural studio. Mm -hmm. um, in um, EDT Biologica, we have one one student. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a pretty big name. Then we um, have one student, in a mechanical engineering student, who we placed in the um, Schraubenwerk Zerbst. Mm -hmm. um, she's a um, you know an engineer there now. Then um, what else? I, kind of, I mean, I don't I, so many faces uh, yeah. in my head now who, who I could think of. Um, then we, at the beginning of the program, we had um, um, also a mechanical engineering student who we placed in a, a small middle stands company uh, in Farnstedt. Okay. Um, and he, they, they were producing 
um, f- special equipment for fire trucks. Okay. So that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So a lot of different local businesses, um, they first need to make the experience that um, yes, it takes more time to uh, you know onboard an international um, graduate because mm-hmm. you have to explain things more often mm-hmm. or help them understand the language but it also pays off in the end because um, they can connect you with a, a lot of um, export markets okay you know. so what level of German do you think a, a strong B2 yeah, is able to work in any German company? That's uh, probably um, a good um, level to go with, you know, okay. B2. I mean, there are, of course, um, English-speaking jobs as well, mm-hmm. but they're rare and they're very competitive. Okay. Yeah? So it's hard to get them because a lot of students think, okay, then I'll go to Berlin and do work for a startup where everybody speaks English anyways. But these uh, these jo- kind of jobs are popular, of course, and then you have to compete with the other people. Right. So the best would be to start learning German and then go for one of the very, uh, for one of the various different middle-sized companies mm-hmm. where you need a, a little kind of, um, you know, help mm-hmm. to, to start, but it w- they, usually are interested in, in you know long-term relationships where you're not fired like after half a year or so the, six the fluctuation is um uh, lower than in bigger companies okay so that six month we're talking about that six month probationary period yes where if your employer is not happy with your performance they can let you go yeah okay yeah that's tough that's what we it's the rules. have to go through. Yeah, you know? that's true. That is true. I guess, like, first of all, how many people, how many international students are graduating? What's the average every year? A couple of hundred. Okay. Um, like 400, 500 or okay, so. Okay, four or 500. Yeah. So, okay, you said a lot of people want to return home. Would you say? Um, I would say that maybe 65 to 70. Let's say uh, sixty to sixty-five percent stay in Ge- want to stay in Germany. Want to stay, okay. Yeah, and the rest uh, wants to go home because the reputation that you get with a German degree opens up the employment uh, opportunities over there. Sure. So back home, you have a mm. you have a good a good uh, university education. You got a nice diploma from yeah. Germany. It's going to open up some doors. Yes, exactly. All right. So for the sixty-five percent that want to stay. Do you have a percentage of how many do actually stay or do find work? Most of them. Um, okay. Because they have enough time to prepare for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have 18 months. Um, that is after, nice. Yeah. After their graduation um, in order to find a permanent job. Okay. And during that time, yeah, by, by law, they are allowed to take up any job to finance themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could work at McDonald's while you're looking for a job as an architect. Okay. You know? So that is allowed. And the only condition that um, they have is that the job that you need for the working visa needs to be in your area of expertise mm-hmm. and it needs to generate a certain um, income. Do you know the minimum? 
that's difficult to say because it depends on the region mm -hmm. and on the averages. So don't pin me on any number, but uh, it should be equivalent to like a master's degree salary. So in Sachsen-Anhalt, how much is that? <laughs> Probably around 3,000 euros or so, 3,200. Which is one of the uh, struggles that we have in the Kickstart project as well. Is that netto? Because uh, no, gross. Okay. Uh, because the limits that are uh, given are not really uh, based in reality, mm -hmm. um, you know, especially in Saxony Anhalt. So it's difficult to find a job um, in that regard, but we'll try to make it work. Okay. In the beginning, you know, we had to get the name out and get popular. So we actually called companies and went there and introduced the project in mm -hmm. order to make ourselves known. Right. Um, at the moment, we, with the companies, we, we have a, you know, a nice, let's say, database of companies that we already worked with. So we can always call them up and say, okay, do you need, I don't know, an, an architect mm -hmm. for this specific task? But... It also happens that um, we're so established that they actually call up uh, us and say, That's OK, nice. I have this project here. I want to start exporting to Vietnam. Do you have um, a finance major who's from Vietnam, for example? OK. Yeah. That's nice. Like, it's all about networking, right? Yeah, exactly. So are you having a job fair on campus from these companies are they setting up a stall are they handing out information for like recruiting the students like once um, a year yes we uh, used to have this before the pandemic of mm -hmm. course mm -hmm. once a year um, but we also have this um, kind of um, internet portal where uh, companies can actually post um, job offers okay and students can log in with their uh, university login and check out the job offers that are available. Okay. But we also uh, connect them with the companies directly if, if, it, if it's needed. Yeah? So the process is normally that um, a student um, calls up, uh, writes an email or calls us on our uh, project number mm -hmm. um, because we that's one of the uh, big advantages that we have is that students can contact us on WhatsApp. So they write us a WhatsApp message we have a, a, a kickstart WhatsApp message, that, uh, WhatsApp number that they can you know, get in contact with us. Mm -hmm. And then we'll uh, arrange an appointment for consultation. Okay. And then we start talking to the student what they actually have planned, what area they want to go in. And then we have a look at the application documents because that's, you know, probably one of the biggest hurdles for most students. Um that they're not used to this kind of German uh, standard when it comes to application documents, like that you need to have a cover letter, that you need to have a CV with a picture, uh, that you need to, uh, to have um, a certificate for everything. Mm -hmm. um, so we try to get this in order and uh, then connect them with the available companies. How do you feel about that picture on the CV? It's a very outdated um, tradition in Germany. Um, I personally don't think it's necessary, mm -hmm. but um, especially in the HR departments, it's still like a requirement. Okay. So I always, because I get this question a lot from students, why do I need a picture? Uh, and I always have to tell them, I know it's kind of stupid, but 
that's German standard. Unfortunately, you have to abide by it. If you don't want to, you know, get sorted in the deny um, stack immediately. So with no picture, automatically denial. I mean, it's a little pretty harsh to say automatically, but um, in most um, traditional businesses, like mm -hmm. um, in engineering or in business administration, that's probably a no without a picture. Okay. But especially in the creative fields like architecture and design, they're more open to, you know, let's say modern forms of applications. Right. It could lead to discriminatory practices, obviously, like, you know, yes, that's sociology 101. Like, True. but um, I don't know how, how to get around this. Um, I hear it's being phased out in Germany. I may be wrong about that. Like they're, it's slowly phasing out. Like they're trying to to abolish it, but um, if you talk to you know HR managers, mm -hmm. they still they still want to see it. Right. Yeah. I talked about. I I actually recently had a conversation with an HR manager about this, mm -hmm. and you know she said, Scott, you know we just want to we want to see your face. We want to see what you look like before we invite you for the interview, before you walk in the door, so we can know when you walk in, like we're expecting you. And I was like. Okay, that's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> that's a safe answer. <laughs> so 65% of the students, they want to stay. Yeah. I mean, due to different reasons, because um, they always wanted to come to Germany mm -hmm. or because the uh, employment market in their home countries is not, um, you know, as... Lucrative. Lucrative, yeah, or... Maybe even if they come from places like Syria or, or the Middle East where there's, uh, you know, a war situation going on. Right. And obviously you don't want to go back. Right. Yeah. Because normally the rule is that if you can't find a job within that 18 month um, period, mm -hmm. then you have to leave. Right. So they're, they're pretty harsh on enforcing that. Yeah. Um, but in most cases that we uh, help out with students, they, they get job offers in the like first six to eight months okay because that's also a recommendation that i always give my international students don't waste the 18 months because um it sounds like a lot but they can be over quicker than you think well it's like your year abroad in south africa went by at the blink of the eye because yeah. you know you were busy you were enjoying it like you were busy like yeah. you were studying right that 18 months you can if I mean, that's where, like, primarily I would think that stu students are focusing on, on language. That's always a, a good combination that um, if you haven't started learning the language mm -hmm. during your study time, that you immediately start within, like, a proper um, German course after you graduate. Okay. And then you can learn the language and at the same time start looking for job opportunities. But because the, the course that we're offering is free of charge. Right. Yeah. That's it's nice. paid for by the university. Okay. That's why we have to be so strict with selecting the people with the uh, biggest motivation and per best perspective to stay. Well, you're, you're looking at like, you're looking at their undergraduate transcripts or you're looking, yeah, like you said, you do interviews. Mm -hmm. They Maybe there's a motivational statement that they write. Um, and like you said, that's, at the breaks, that's intensive courses. You mm -hmm. said it's all-day courses. For yes. how, how many weeks do they? Six to eight weeks. Okay. 
Yeah. So it's German every day. Yeah. But that's, uh, I guess, the best way to learn. It's Could everyday you, exposure. Is there an opportunity for these international students to live with German families during their graduate experience, or their maybe not their undergraduate experience, but their graduate experience? Do families come to you guys and say, like, yeah, we'd like to, we have an extra room, our kids are out of the house, we'd like to host? Um, I mean, I know some cases where this happened, but it's not um, they've, initiated through the university. They've arranged it themselves yeah, because there's some sort of connection. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the people that come here are often um, already uh, a little older. Mm -hmm. So most people are not like 18 or 19 who come here. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the students, international students that come here, have already done a master's degree in their home countries. Okay. They've um, um, gathered work experience for a couple of years. So it's not really the, the right age to do to live with a host family. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, I've had a student from I think it was Lebanon mm -hmm. who had already had a master's degree in his home country. He came here to do a master's degree in biomedical engineering, mm -hmm. and then he also did um, a second master's um, at the MBA International Trade. And in the meantime, between leaving his country, he had like five years of work experience worldwide. So he was over 30 already, mm -hmm. but had the best kind of um, experiences and references in his, in his CV. So the best um, starting point to, to get a job here, because that's what I always say. Um, the two most important factors in, in getting a job here is the language on the one hand, but what's even more important is your work experience. So after five years, how is his language? It's pretty good, yeah. Um, is he still here? Yeah, he's still here. Okay. Um, he's almost done with his second master. Um, and he will then be uh, looking for a job. For eight, So yeah, he'll have 18 months. Yeah. Do you have a relationship with the Auslanders Behorder? Oh, yeah. We work uh, with them uh, regularly. Mm -hmm. I mean... Uh, at the moment, uh, the Ausländerbehörde in Köthen is a little um, um, or has difficulties working at the moment because they've been affected by this um, ransomware attack that that happened a couple of uh, months back. Okay. So. Oh, that's right. They were yeah. hacked. Okay. So, but they will be back uh, to normal, I guess, towards the end of the year. Okay. How does it feel like working with the international students? Like. For you personally? I mean, it's um, very rewarding mm -hmm. because um, I know what it feels like to be in a strange and new country and don't know anything. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my main motivation for the job. And that's why I enjoy helping uh, international students. And I could tell you about a case, for example, that we had at the beginning of the year um, where we had a, a student from Syria who's uh, graduated from the um, architectural program here in Dessau and she's been looking for a job for 17 months. Mm -hmm. And now the situation was that, oh, time is running out. Uh, we have to find a job quickly. And we actually, like, I think it was one week or one and a half weeks before her deadline, we actually found her a job in Munich. Um, unfortunately, not in Saxony-Anhalt, but in this case in Munich. Mm -hmm. And she managed to, to uh, get the, the contract and uh, you know now has a working visa and, and uh, can stay in Germany. Perfect. So, and this specific um, case was really, you know, 
um, very rewarding because it was a last minute thing mm-hmm. and we this she was really thankful for this and then I get this all the time that after a couple of months um, students get back to me and say Florian thank you for helping me out it was really um, really generous of you and, and, and uh, helpful that you help us to to bridge that that gap between end of university life and, mm-hmm. and actually arriving in the real world. Right. Yeah. And I think, I, I don't think, I, I, I know that students need that support. You know, they need that connection. They need that networking skills that you guys have. Albeit, you know, how, however, like if it's going to be something like more regional, which you would prefer, yeah. but you also have connections like throughout the entire yeah. country. And I mean, that's not the only thing that we do. We also have um, regular workshop programs that we offer. Okay. Um, we have what we call our semester program, mm-hmm. where we do weekly uh, workshops. I mean, before the pandemic, we did this um, in person, yeah, in a real lecture hall. Right. Uh, but now, uh, during the pandemic, uh, we switched to doing this online. So what kind of what do you offer in the workshops? Um, we talk about things like how what uh, soft skills are important in okay. Germany. Um, how do you actually write a cover letter and how do you prepare your um, CV? Mm-hmm. Then also practical things like um, how do I prepare myself for an interview? What typical questions might arise? Um, how do I negotiate a salary? Because um, that's always you know. Uh, one of the biggest questions is how do I ask for money in Germany? Yeah, so it's a difficult subject. How do you negotiate a salary? That's um, a good question because uh, you always. It's like in poker: if um, who shows the hand first loses, right? Okay. Um, so, first of all, I always tell them, wait until you're asked. Um, about money mm-hmm. a lot of companies um, don't ask about salary expectations in um, their job ad some some of them do if it's required of you you have to uh, uh, give a range mm-hmm. right it's not appropriate to say I want to have 50,000 euros mm-hmm. yeah you say okay depending on my level and so on 48 to 52 mm-hmm. um, but if you're in the interview situation wait um, usually towards the last 10 minutes of the interview when uh, the HR manager uh, says, okay, let's talk money now. Um, and then the strategy is to not start with a number first, but start with um, giving arguments um, for yourself, mm-hmm. like your experience, like um, the um, your flexibility with working hours. And then you can start... Um, naming numbers and you should start higher in mm-hmm. order to uh, still have some wiggle room to, to negotiate down. Okay. That's good advice. And as an international student, you always have the argument that I need to earn a certain amount. Otherwise, I won't get the working visa. Actually. So that's that's your the lowest you should go is the, the roughly 3,000 euros. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. What I always tell them is um, be self-aware, know what you can do, know that you have a good um, degree mm-hmm. and that you have experience. Don't undersell yourself. Okay. Yeah? 
also learn uh, i mean if the uh, job offer isn't working out then also say uh, learn to say no that's why i always tell them start looking for a job early mm -hmm. so that you don't put yourself in this kind of um, situation where okay. you're uh, okay i'm with the back against the wall i have to find a job in four weeks now mm -hmm. um, that's so that you have this this freedom to say no as, as well if the offer isn't um, to your liking okay that's good advice because if if you wait too late that that's the only offer you get yeah then you're stuck with that exactly um anything else about the workshops that are productive oh, yeah um we also talk about very practical things like what it, what does a, a job contract look like in germany mm -hmm. what are the things that need to be in there things that you have to pay attention to how does um overtime work in germany how are vacation days regulated um maternity and parental leave um and then the most interesting for most students is the whole so, um, question about social security that's oh. what we dedicate a whole workshop to mm -hmm. is where we talk about the social security system in germany because <laughs> they almost a lot of students get uh, you know almost get a heart attack when they first see their their, their first paycheck they negotiated let's say 3500 euros gross mm -hmm. and then suddenly it's a lot less than that because you have to pay health insurance you have to pay income tax nursing care um pension insurance unemployment insurance all of these things that yeah. we have in germany i mean i always say that i know it's a lot that you have to give up but know this that this is something that germans are very proud of because it's I mean, you're from the US, right? So you know the exact opposite of this, right? Um, well, I mean, like, where there's 40, we're also paying like 40% in taxes. But without universal health care, right? That's one of the biggest advantages that I always. It depends on the job, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're I right. I always tell my students yeah. if you're sick in Germany, uh, you won't die or uh, you don't have to be in debt for the rest of your life yeah and that's that's what kind of uh, pays off i know it, it's uh, you know a hard feeling at the end of the month to see oh i almost lose like one third of my salary to the to the government but in the end you can be sure that you will be given help yeah which university are you working at are you in Curtin? um the international office that I work for, yeah, um, the this institution that takes care of all matters related to international students mm -hmm. is in all three locations of the university. So we have offices in Dessau, uh -huh. we have an office in Kürten, and we have an office in Bamberg. Are so, you on each campus um, every week? I'm usually, mm, let's say, four days of the week in Kürten, because mm -hmm. that's uh, where the, the central station is, yeah. Um, but um, if there's a student in need in Bamberg, then I'm also uh, commuting to Bamberg or Dessau. Okay. Which city has the largest campus? Largest campus in terms of number of students or size? Number of students. Um, then I would probably say it's either Bamberg or Dessau. Okay. Um, probably Dessau mm -hmm. because there are, uh, Dessau is the most international um, campus. Um, because a lot of the architectural and design programs it's just the Bauhaus, uh, attract right? yeah. uh, international students. Yeah. Are there undergraduate programs here? Oh, yeah, as well. But okay. um, as I said, there are no um, English-speaking bachelor programs at the moment. Right. 
Okay, so the most of those students would be German yes. or Austrian. Or we also have international students who have parents uh, that are uh, German or who went to a German high school in their home country mm -hmm. who speak such a high level of German that they can uh, join a German program. Okay, perfect. And the idea behind the German education system, which is all one, also one of the uh, reasons to come here, is that it allows for social mobility. Right? Mm -hmm. So um, your parents' bank account doesn't determine whether you should succeed in life or not. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a good point. That's a really good point. So, equal opportunity. Yes, exactly. So everybody's offered the same opportunity um, because university is uh, free of charge. Mm -hmm. Obviously, for the rest of your life, you will pay taxes and social security. Mm -hmm. But that means that everybody gets the same chance, and it doesn't matter whether. Um, you're from a rich family or a less rich family. Mm -hmm. Do you see the numbers of university applicants? Are they increasing every year or decreasing? Um, at Anhalt University, yeah. um, especially, um, they are uh, in the last two years increasing because uh, we have a high, very high percentage as well from uh, international students. Mm -hmm. so, um, I said that one about one third of the um, student body is international, mm -hmm. and this percentage is growing. Okay. So, the future perspective is that we will get more international students, which means that more internationals will join the regional job market, and that's uh, why Kickshot Karriere is 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 uh, there to help. Okay, and do you think that the students, like when they, when they first come here, like you said, a lot of them. If they're coming from the gra for a graduate degree, they have mm -hmm. work experience. Maybe they have another graduate degree from their home country. How uh, how are people finding out about this? Is it from students that are going back to home countries? Is it advertising from the university? Is it just? It's a mixture of all of that. Okay. But I would say that the biggest factor is word of mouth. Okay. Yeah. So, students who had the experience of studying here, talking to their friends, going maybe going back to their home countries mm -hmm. and. Uh, you know, distributing the information. But the university, of course, also attends, like, um, um, education fairs abroad mm -hmm. in South America, Asia, wherever. Mm -hmm. um, we're also, uh, we also can be found um, on, you know, um, university rankings. Right. Um, and they, they also have, um, we also have a lot of different... Um, cooperation programs with partner universities mm -hmm. where um, they do maybe one or two years in their home country mm -hmm. and then come uh, to Germany to study for the third year okay. and then get a double degree. Like your South Africa yeah. project. Just the other way around. Yeah. Um, for example, sense. we have a lot of um, joint degree programs in China. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean... That's probably the biggest group of international students is Chinese students. Mm -hmm. So they come here, study, and then uh, receive a degree from their university and the German university. Okay. That's uh, one of the groups probably with the highest uh, return rate mm -hmm. um, because um, for them, having a German degree and speaking German is much, much more attractive in China than it is in Germany. Yeah. Uh, because there's something very special with this kind of education mm -hmm. uh, in China and it's uh, opening up, you know, job opportunities. Okay. And here 
they would have to, uh, you know, line in with everybody else. Mm -hmm. So, um, but we have other, like the most, the, the countries that are, uh, or that make up the, the student body are uh, like, as I said, China, then uh, India, Pakistan. Um, we have a lot of students in Department One that are from Ukraine and Russia. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so these are pretty popular countries that students are from. Any European countries? Oh yeah, well because we have the um, the Erasmus program mm -hmm. that also uh, brings in a lot of um, countries or students from different European countries. Okay, so an Erasmus, what would that provide them? Like, is it just the title, or is it actually funding? Um, Erasmus also includes funding. Yes. Okay. So that would cover housing. Exactly. Medical care, like healthcare, those sorts of. I things. mean, healthcare is a different um, um, issue, but it provides the housing. Um, the in the univ the international office can also offer um, mobility programs where they um, get uh, funding for traveling. Mm -hmm. um, that that's not also that also goes for German students wanting to go abroad. Yeah, we have um, our Erasmus coordinator who uh, can help all of the university students to go for a semester abroad. Mm -hmm. I mean, we also had the situation that uh, students actually came here from a different country to study in Germany mm -hmm. and then they decided to go for one year to Bulgaria uh, or for one semester to Bulgaria or, okay. um, I don't know, France. Okay. Uh, so just because you're an international student doesn't mean that you're not allowed to go abroad as well. Okay. Actually, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good opportunity. One of the questions I sent you is that How are Dassauians like involved in student activity life, or how are some of the students? How do you bring the two together, like community members from the community mm -hmm. and international students? I mean, we have uh, regular. I mean, at least before the pandemic, we mm -hmm. had regular, um, you know, activities and and events at the university mm -hmm. where. Um, students participated and organized um, cultural evenings uh, things like that Is then this we had this um, one community concert um, was this too tipsy yeah too tipsy exactly okay. yeah uh, remember him he was your first guest on yeah. the podcast right um, yeah him for example he mm -hmm. was one of the prime examples of, yeah. of uh, getting the student body and the uh, community together yeah Was that initiated by the university? Oh, yes. Um, okay. It was um, supported by the international office, this whole, this whole project and the concert at the end. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we, we always try to, you know, encourage people to meet and uh, talk about culture and, and right. um, you know, get to know each other. Well, where do you see yourself in the next five years? <laughs> This is now the typical inter interview question. <laughs> Where do I see myself in five years? Um, hopefully, still working at um, this this program. Okay. So, because as I said, the, the percentage of international international students is um, increasing, mm -hmm. and I would really appreciate if this this program continues and and uh, develops into a long term thing. Okay. Yeah. What do you want? like what kind of like project or what kind of program do you want to implement that you think is missing right now? What's definitely missing and that's always the case when you work at a university is long-term financing. Mm -hmm. um, that's always an issue. Yeah. So 
we're really uh, trying, uh, working hard to um, establish long-term financing through the university or, um, you know, other um, grants that we can um, acquire. And what I would definitely like so to... So you mean funding yeah. for projects? Yes, exactly. Okay. okay. And what I would definitely like to improve on is the uh, regularity that we can offer these uh, intensive language courses. Because at the moment, due to our um, you know restricted funding, we can only offer it once a year. Mm -hmm. That means uh, once per semester break. Yeah. So it's a two-part program, one in the sem winter break, one in the summer break. Is it just the teacher salary that you need to, to worry as about? As well, and um, s materials, books, and also um, we, we wanted to give them a, a wholesome package. So that's why we decided to also include commuting costs. So if uh, the students live in, in Dessau and the course takes place in, in Köthen, we pay for their um, public transport. Right. So, okay. So you're giving them the materials. Mm -hmm. You're giving them money for the bus or the train. And then the teacher you have to pay for. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then hopefully once the situation has improved with Corona, then we can uh, go back to actually also visiting companies. We did that before Corona, mm -hmm. that we did excursions to local companies. For example, we went to um, the Cileon uh, company here in Dessau mm -hmm. who produce medical equipment. And that's exactly what the students from biomedical engineering were looking for. Okay. So that's also one way to bring them closer together is to actually um, show them the real work mm -hmm. in the companies mm -hmm. and uh, show the companies as well that we have um, capable students. Okay. That's nice. So if I am a student in America, and I want to come to Hochschule Anhalt. Yeah. How do I contact you for information? Well, first of all, you can look have a look at our website. Mm -hmm. That's the easiest way. Um, and then you can look up a program that you're interested in, if it's architecture or engineering, whatever you, you uh, choose from the available programs. And then the process is that you um, apply through this um, what's so-called uniassist that's like um, a central institution in germany that processes university applications from abroad okay and depending on the program whether it has one or two intakes a year um you then have to provide all of the necessary documents and then you get accepted in, into the program okay and when should i apply is it year-round um, Are there deadlines? Most um, most programs um, have intakes in the winter semester, mm -hmm. and the deadlines are usually like in July or August for October. Okay. Yeah. So the semester starts in October. Exactly. And finishes in in um, end of March. So okay. th the semester is always from October till end of March, and then. Uh, from April to the end of um, August. Okay, so it is like two semesters. Yes, two semesters. But just two. The academic year is, is split in half. Okay. Yeah, and then the best way, once you, you are here and you're studying, and the best time to contact us at Kickstart Karriere in order to help you is 
maybe not um, right from the beginning because mm-hmm. uh, first of all you have to get used to the, the university and your everyday life here mm-hmm. but around the third semester that's a good time to get in contact with us um, again this is if you are a undergraduate um, no, we're talking about um, a uh, master's? master's degree. Okay, so you're already like a year and a half into it. Yes. Okay. So because that's the time when most people have to do or want to do um, internships. Okay. That's the first step. Yeah, You, you go to uh, a company, you earn some experiences, you get exposed to the, the working world there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the idea behind this is that once you... Uh, you know, impress the company mm-hmm. that you're working with, um, that they offer you a job sure. after your graduation. I mean, that's our preferred case and the ideal case that we organize an internship for you. You work at that company. The company is so impressed that they say, please graduate as soon as possible and then we'll take you on. Okay. That's the ideal process. Sounds perfect. Yeah, and as I said, um, the students of Anad University, they can contact us through email mm-hmm. that, uh, that, uh, that is posted on the websites or our um, WhatsApp number. Okay. Yeah, do you want to give the WhatsApp number? Um, sure. Um, but as I said, please, only if you're an Anhalt student, if you're a student from a different university, we, we, we are not responsible for you. <laughs> Um, the WhatsApp number is um, 015252726886. Fantastic. And um, yeah, I hope, I hope that your students, you know, I hope that you use the podcast also to advertise the services of the Career Center. Yes, definitely. We will um, distribute it to all of our uh, students <laughs> in our database. And um, we hope that a lot of students listen to this. Yeah, I, you know, I think, I think they will. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Well, Florian, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for coming in. You did a wonderful job. Thanks. Uh, my first podcast experience, and yeah. um, well, let's come back and do another one. Yeah, why not? And. Um, Thanks for all the international students out there. And if you need help, come and talk to us. Thank you for listening to Enlingua Podcast, live from Dessau. We hope you stay tuned for more episodes.